0: From Orlando, Florida and Tulsa, Oklahoma, welcome to the 1330 Podcast with your hosts, Keith Neighbor and Brent Bailey. Pulling from nearly half a century of experience, Brent and Keith share unique wisdom and proven insight to build the leader within you. Interact with us now on Facebook and Twitter at 1330 Podcast or email your questions and comments to 1330podcast at gmail.com. The 1330 Podcast starts right now.
1: Welcome once again to the 1330 podcast, everybody. It's Brent Bailey
0: and Keith Neighbor coming at you live from North Carolina. That's actually, right. We're totally not live. This is totally recorded. Actually.
1: Totally recorded, but it's Graham, North Carolina, and uh, just outside of the Raleigh, Durham, Greensboro area, around Chapel Hill. Uh, yeah. It's in that entire triangle area, and it's really kind of a cool place. I like it. It's beautiful. Here. We're, we're, we're coming to you from the office of our good friend, Pastor Josh Gresham of Trailhead Church, and uh, we've been talking about some things that we feel like a lot of leaders and a lot of uh, type A people do that is almost an automatic, but they, they really what it's doing is holding them back from being what they want to be on the next level. So uh, we left off uh, getting ready to pick up our next point, which is I think our fourth point into it, and that is... Hiding from what you really think or feel. Like you, you just aren't really giving that out. You're not really willing to accept or look at it. You're just hiding. Are you a people pleaser, Brent? I, and sometimes I think I am. I mean, you know, when you're a pastor, you don't want to see people hurt. Right. And you don't want to see people um, have to really suffer through th- things. And, and so sometimes we lean, lean on um, trying to, to give people what they want. And uh, really, uh, it's what we really think and what we really feel, th- at least coming from us, is what really is the um, agent of change. So uh, the, need to, the need to please other people will cause you to kind of lose who you are.
0: A lot of times. Keeps you from making decisions that you need to make. We kind of talked about that a little bit in uh, two podcasts back. But I tend to be a people pleaser. People, I'm an antagonist. Where I, I don't know, I get this strange pleasure out of antagonizing people and it's no fun to antagonize if they don't respond to it. And people automatically come in and think that I'm a jerk about things. And at times I really am. But at my, at the very core of who I am, I tend to want people to be happy. I am a person that will be very diplomatic in a, in a confrontation or where there's uh, you know some friction between people, and if i 'm kind of the mediator of it i 'm not going to come in and necessarily just jump on somebody and say well you 're being a jerk about this, and this guy's right <laughs> I'm, I'm not that you know i mean there i mean there are, there have been very few times in my life where I feel like one of the, somebody was one hundred percent right and the other person was one hundred percent wrong, and I kind of did that, but most of the time I tend to be a lot more diplomatic about it, which causes Things at times to drag on farther than a lot longer than they should when if I would just kinda cut to the chase and stop trying to be the guy that not say anything that's too controversial or offensive to one of the people that are there, mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to make everybody happy, when in in some situations, you're just not gonna have everybody be happy. That's
1: right, and so the thing that we were gonna, uh, I was gonna say, when we first started working together, there were times I would come in and say things in your office, and I would go, Oh, shut up. Don't say that. I didn't think about that. But the thing is, is it avoided a landmine later. And that's the thing. When you yeah. don't let out what you really think and what you really feel, you may be allowing somebody to step on a landmine. So that's a very important thing is to let that out. If you're going, if you really think and you really feel something, it may be paranoia, but then it may be a really wise decision that needs to be made right there. All right. So let's move on to the next one. And the next thing is this. This will hold you back all day long if you ask why
0: too much. It's the little kid. Why? <laughs> why? Exactly. And if, you ha- if you have, when they first learned how to talk, my son, my daughter was worse than my son was. Yeah. It just wore me out. Why? Because. Why? So I went through, she asked why it was raining one day and we went through the entire process of, of <laughs> the weather system. And when we got all done, she looked at me and ended with Why? It just kills you. Yeah, there are, there's times where we need to ask that question: why Why are we doing this? Or why are they doing this? Or why am I feeling this way? Where there's where there's some you know, legitimate question asking going on, but there are people that are out there that they will use that question asking why as an excuse just to be a pain in the butt to everybody. Or they're
1: scared to take the next step yeah. and they're gonna use that. I don't understand this and I don't understand that. And they're just gonna keep going and going. The thing is is it is important for any organization and, and now that I've been pastoring, I'm starting to understand. People need to understand the why. Yes. Because if they don't, they're robots and they just they just do. And we all know when you have somebody just doing something, they're not their heart's not in it. Their no. their creativity's not there. They could care less if it really gets done except for the fact of this is what the boss said. This is going to keep my job. It's a survival mentality. Right. But really, to flourish, people need to understand the why, which means you need to be communicating as a leader what the why is. So but people we aren't asking all the time, why, why, why? Because they'll stand there and just keep asking. We had an intern like that. <laughs> yes, we, we had more than one intern <laughs> but like that. we had an intern like that. And, and he would always stop and go, well, I don't understand why we're doing that. And it's like after we both peeled our heads off the wall from bashing them through there um, because it drove us crazy all the time. you have a pen, Brent? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Can you write that down for me? And I'm like, no, you can write it down yourself. <laughs> but but uh, I, I have learned in, my, in what I'm doing now that, that I have to be saying the why all the time. This is why we do this. This is why we do this. And, uh, and so now I'm getting my leadership to say that to their people in their departments. They're communicating the why, too, because once the people grab it, they, they will run with it. So they're not just this, these, you know, assembly line robots at a car, you know, manufacturing plant or something.
0: So really what you're saying is, as a leader, if you are constantly giving the reason for why we're doing it, the vision behind what we're doing. There it is. That will keep people from questioning everything you do,
1: unless they're unless they're just. There are always going to be people that are lazy and just going to drag your feet because they don't want to do it. But the those legitimate people are really people, in the minority, right, though, For the most part. Right. Well, what I'm trying. Otherwise, to say they is, wouldn't have volunteered to do something. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make though is, is they're not going to. You're not going to ever have a hundred percent, right? You know, and and, and we got to get out of that kind of. You're just never going to get a hundred percent. I mean, Jesus didn't, so I'm pretty sure we are not. But if you keep communicating it, it will stop the stifling of the asking why, and and that people will pick up and run with it a little bit easier.
0: When you're hiring somebody, if you don't clearly define the role that they're to fulfill, then they're constantly going to be asking why as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And when you are doing your hiring, you have to be asking Them, why? Why do you want to work here? Good, good. Why why do you want to be a part of what we're doing? Mm -hmm. Whether it's a, a paid or unpaid position, whether it's a, you know, it might be a volunteer that wants to, that's wants to, you want them to be over or they want to be over something. You have to be asking those questions because not everybody's motivation for what they're doing is always. I, I don't want to use the word pure, but I guess that it would fit there. It, it's not always; they don't always go into, it, I guess, with the right heart, right attitude. Well, it's, it's selfish. It's, yeah, it's what can it do for them? Well, or it's just a position that they're that they're in, and they can run around telling everybody that they're this person. <laughs> Which there are those people that are out there as well. But I think that you have to ask that question why, and when we're talking about asking why too much, if all we ever do is sit around and ask that question, then again we've we've paralyzed ourselves with information. Well, and that's the question I would ask
1: is is why are you asking why? Yes. I mean, are you doing it because there really needs to be clarity? And that's a, that's, a, I mean, we've both been in those meetings where. We thought we understood why, and come to find out later, we didn't. And but there we had are no idea. We right. were on.
0: We weren't even close. To, we were, we were not, a chapter away. It's
1: not like we were in the same ballpark. We weren't even in the same city where the ballpark was. Right. Like maybe even in a different country. I mean, we were on completely different planes. And so sometimes the why needs to understand the clarity. But sometimes people ask why because they're just scared or yep. lazy or whatever. They given an excuse. This is why we're not doing it. Right. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about holding yourself back and chaining yourself back because you're scared or you don't want to, or you, or or you're just straight up lazy. Um, this has got to get eliminated. That's the kind of stuff. If you're going to go to the next level, you got to take that out. So, all right, let's move on. We're going to go on now. This is, I think this is number six. Uh, and that's this. If you don't realize that the success of other people leads to success in your organization, you're actually holding yourself back. It is not always going to be the, pure success of your organization if your people working with you don't succeed to um, and allow the the door of promotion to come to them as well you're you're not going to really succeed as an organization
0: right so success is making others successful because if they're
1: successful your organization floats on their Absolutely. their hard works it's the old ike turner uh mentality you know when when he had when, before he discovered tina turner he had several other lead singers that always left him and so he got scared because he was always being left behind right and so when that's kind of what led to the abusive situation with with Tina and the famous story that we all know about Ike and Tina Turner now and the thing is is if he would have handled her the right way we wouldn't know just Tina Turner like we know her we would know the still we would still know about Ike and Tina and there wouldn't be this black eye (laughs) and that's a terrible analogy here on his career and his and who he is It's awful it is but it's the same i mean mean, we know people like that too that you know well if they start getting too popular or they start getting too successful you got to cut them back and the thing is is well it's the tallest blade of grass that always gets gets cut first it's the blade that's right (laughs) but i mean there are there are organizations out there and fortune 500 companies where somebody uh, was it ferdinand porsche that started making cars for volkswagen yeah i mean it's it, you could go tell stories like that all day long um of people that were starting in one organization and became so great at what they're doing that they broke off and stuff, and and people still look at the organization that they were yes that, that, that they worked at
0: well i there's this fear that goes along as a leader that if somebody becomes more popular than me then people will stop coming to me and they'll start going to the other person. And I can't have people going to a volunteer or a lower level employee like that. I can't have my people liking them more. What we don't understand, the more other people do, the more it frees us as a leader up to do what God has really put on our heart to do. Yeah, And we don't have to micromanage that anymore because God has sent a capable person to us to help us stand alongside us and hold our arm up in that area. Unfortunately, most leaders look at that as a threat, which comes to the, well, I'm going to chop their legs out a little bit, or we'll constantly move them from area to area to area so that they can never really gain traction and become too popular. Mm-hmm. And we have, we've discussed this you know, multiple times on our podcast. When people would ask me what made me successful... I'm not afraid of how good somebody else is or was. That's what made me so good at what I did. I was never scared. I had At one point, I had four guys that were former youth pastors that volunteered for me. yeah, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. But we look at there are too many people that come in that they look at this as a threat. And they don't look at, well, if I can help this person become successful, then that makes me successful.
1: And those happy people inside your organization start looking at the organization being more than just... Oh, I'm doing this for them. It's, they start saying we, how many times did we say that? You know, it was, it it was across the board. I still take credit for what you're doing in Orlando. I talk about our church that we have in Orlando. We, we, the big church we worked at before. It was always, well, you know, they pull us into meetings and we'd be like, well, how's this going to help us? And not just me and you, I'm talking about the organization and that's what this kind of stuff does. So anyway, we're going to wrap up here. We're going to pick up, uh pick up here on the next one but uh we hope you're enjoying these because we sure are enjoying and bringing to you if we're you wanna, glad to be back if you want to email us you can do that at 1330 podcast at gmail.com reach out to us on facebook and twitter at 1330 podcast on twitter or just the 1330 podcast on facebook
0: until next time it's brent bailey i am keith neighbor thank you for joining us have a great day Thanks for joining us for the 1330 Podcast with Brent and Keith. We want to hear from you. Find us on Facebook and Twitter today at 1330 Podcast or email us directly at 1330podcast at gmail.com. Join us next time for another 13 minutes and 30 seconds geared to change you into the leader that you and those who follow you want you to be.